Hidly, hodily, codily, rodily, guys and gals. Unfortunately, I am not joined by the incomparable Justice Williams, but fear not. I am not flying solo on this particular episode. Pete Quinnell over at WrestleTalk was kind enough to take some time out of his very busy schedule in order to sit down and have a conversation with me. We spoke about the reign of the tribal chief all the way to Cody Rhodes and even got some Dungeons and Dragons discussion in there. You know, I cannot wait for you to hear it. And without further ado, I'm going to pass it over to my past self. So here goes nothing. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Kieran Gibbs. I'm absolutely delighted to present the first guest in Cardmark's history from WrestleTalk. It's Pete Quinnell, ladies and gentlemen. How are you today, sir? I am doing very well. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being on. Uh, just really quick before we get started here, is where can the people find you today? Uh, 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 WrestleTalk is the main thing. Go subscribe to WrestleTalk if you haven't. Um, parts of Unknown on Twitter is at Pete Quinnell. Instagram is Pete Quinnell. Yeah, there's other stuff. Perfect. So let's go ahead and get into it. And this first question, it's a bit syllabus week, but it's, I think, a good barometer as far as your tastes into this industry we call wrestling. Um, and it's also kind of a top of your head question, not an end all be all match. But in your estimation, what is the most important wrestling match of the last 10 years? The most important? Man, that's a really good question. <laughs> the most important is so, it's so subjective. Um, I might say... I think I'm going to go with Omega versus Akada. Which one? Omega versus Akada 2, maybe? No? Mm. I think maybe the first one, actually. Because I feel like that was the match that really made a lot of people curious about New Japan as a whole. And by extension, a lot of the people that are now affiliated with AEW. Um, so a lot of guys like Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks and all that stuff. And I think that was the kind of the, the match that really put uh, got a lot of like North American audiences interested in New Japan. Mm -hmm. And by extension, then they became a lot more interested in a lot of current, at the time, New Japan talent, which then would foster interest in what would become AEW. And I don't think AEW would have taken off like it did if people weren't as interested in these talent. And I think that match probably has helped that interest foster. That's, That's a tremendous answer. Um, and it's funny enough, we're coming full circle with full Forbidden Door coming up in what, June? Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. What show? <laughs> Can't wait for that. Oh, I, I'm not even going to try to fantasy book that. I'm just going to let, let the experts have oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty, next question. The United Kingdom is home to some of the most notable organizations in independent wrestling, such as Rev Pro or Progress, but is there an indie fed that doesn't receive enough credit, in your opinion, for its uh, contributions to the industry overall? Not necessarily. I feel like a lot of UK independent promotions probably do get recognized a decent amount at the very least there's probably ones that could that could do with a little bit more recognition stuff like rev pro mm -hmm. um because they put on absolutely amazing shows um and have some great you know crossover talent from new japan and stuff like that um but like icw is is also really good but like they're starting to get recognition like you know a lot of these these promotions have been picked up and are on the wwe network and stuff like that so they they are available to watch if i had to give you know a, a specific answer then i'd, def I'd say, definitely say that rev pro uh, deserve some more credit because they put on amazing matches all the time. As WrestleTalk's chosen power in regards to WWE SmackDown, you've chronicled most of, if not the entirety, of the reign of the Tribal Chief. This is undoubtedly the most interesting Roman Reigns has ever been, but do you believe this character has had a negative or a positive impact on the product as a whole? Because frankly, there are arguments for either side. I think that overall, 
the booking of the character has had a negative impact overall mm -hmm. um, because there has been plans in place to make the tribal chief Roman Reigns character the most dominant, longest reigning, yada, 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 etc. And that, I think, has impacted a lot of the talent that's on the roster in that they would be built up only to be beaten by Roman. And once they are beaten, they then drop back down the card again. I don't know if it's necessarily the character that is wrong because the character is very good and Ro uh, Roman Reigns' portrayal of the character is very good, but it's the booking surrounding the character that's very bad. And it's the fact that talent is successfully built up to a point where you believe that some of them could have beaten Reigns at some point, but you did legitimately believe that some of them could have beaten Reigns, which is a great feat to build them up to that point, but they never sustained that after they faced Reigns. It was always like, okay, and now you've forgotten again. Never mind. So I think that the the character overall has harmed the the WWE product, but it's not the character's fault. It's the booking surrounding it. Do you think they have an endpoint for this story? I I think their endpoint is Reigns beats The Rock. Afterwards, not a clue. I we, we've seen it now. I think where their that the goal they wanted to hit in the story was Reigns beats Lesnar, and then afterwards they were like. I don't know. We've been planning for Reigns versus Lesnar for ages, so I don't know. We'll play it by ear, I guess, for the next bit. So I don't know. There was about ten seconds where I thought we we're going to get a really cool Nakamura and Reigns match, but I suppose not. No, guess not. Uh, why can we have nice things, right? Oh, absolutely not. Uh, moving on. Cody Rhodes is one of the most divisive figures in sports entertainment as we speak. Mm. There's the narrative that he abandoned AEW, but conversely the point can be made that he saw more value in his character than AEW did. And yet again, he batted himself. Where does your viewpoint fall in between those really different perceptions? It's really tricky because I can see why Cody has done and said the thing that he's, the things that he's done and said, and I can see why he's gone back to WWE makes total sense to me, but I do also have to acknowledge the fact of what he was saying before was primarily he was the one that was the most anti-WWE when he was AEW flying the flag we, you know F the, 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 the big corporations we're going to do this right we're starting a revolution going to smash the throne with the sledgehammer we're going to get the cold, gold shovel out the ring you know he was the most anti-WWE guy so for him to then go back to WWE I totally understand why people are like all of that meant nothing that was complete lies that was completely superficial you didn't mean any of that I totally understand you can make the argument that Cody bets on himself and bets on his character again. Um, I don't know if that's the case with going back to WWE because to me, and there's nothing wrong with this, I just want to clarify that there's nothing wrong with this. Mm -hmm. To me, it seems like he went back to WWE because he wanted more money. And that's fine. If that's what you want to do, that's totally cool. But there is also the aspect of it in that you helped build a promotion that was going against where you just went. You can see why people would say that you've jumped back to the competition. Uh, do you ever think he'll be back in an AEW ring? I mean, I would have said that he would never, never would have been back in a WWE ring. Um, and now he is. So I don't want to say never. I think it's unlikely, but I don't want to say never. When you first became a wrestling fan, would you have imagined that this industry would be a significant portion of your livelihood? And if so, what would you say to that Pete Quinnell? Um, 
I didn't think that it would be part of my livelihood. I wanted it to be, um, but I didn't think it would be because my my stupid plan when I was uh, 16, 17 or whatever was, you know, once once I've got a degree at university, I'm going to move to America. I'm going to get in real good shape. I'm going to do wrestling training and then I'm going to become a wrestler. That was that was the plan. That's what I was going to do. Obviously, that didn't happen because real life hit was like, no, you idiot. What are you thinking? But I knew I always wanted to be in in some way or, or form. I wanted to do something with wrestling. Um, so the fact that I'm able to now is kind of ridiculous. And also through university, that's when I found my, my love for entertainment and content creation and the like. Um, so being able to use those aspects in and combine it with wrestling into, into what I do is, is pretty much a dream. And if I, knew that that's where I was going to end up. I don't even know what I'd say. Just stick with it, I guess. Like, even when things look pretty terrible, just stick with it because it'll all get better in the end. In addition to sports infotainment, you're an avid voice actor. What is your favorite voice to do? And what do you view as the most strenuous and probably least favorite to do? Ooh, it's tough. Um, I do like voice acting. Um, well, that, <laughs> there was a very uh, poor voice choice that I made because I, I'm also a big Dungeons and Dragons player. I do a lot of voices when I play. That's just because I love doing voices and I love playing D&D. I love um, kind of um, embodying these these characters that I make. There was one particular character that strained my throat to the point where I couldn't do the voice anymore because it was um, something that was so overtly deep and it was something that just completely just screwed up my my vocal cords. But I decided that character should do like a five minute monologue, which was a which was a bad choice, um, which did not go well for my throat. So that that one's um, bad. But I, I quite like there was a video I did with uh, Denise Salcedo on her YouTube channel, um, which was a Smack Talk Showdown, which is basically where you, you get some cards and you have to cut a promo in. They give you a scenario of what you have to cut a promo with. And I did a voice in the last round of that against, I was against Tempest, who also works at WrestleTalk. I think the voice that I pulled out for that one really, really fit the character quite well, because it was like, um, what was it? It was like this like really like seedy, um, shady character. Um, and yeah, I just, think it, I just think it fit really well. So if you've not seen that YouTube video, it's real good. You should, you should watch it because it's fun. <laughs> Slightly backtracking. I take it since you were doing multiple voices, do you DM your... D and D campaigns, or do you play? Sure do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm both um, DM and player, but I did a campaign from uh, 2018 through to the start of this year mm -hmm. um, was my my campaign, which was awesome. Uh, but that finally came to a close earlier this year. But yeah, it was it was it was the big bad like primary villain was the one that I gave the really like attempting to be like menacing voice to. Mm -hmm. But the problem with that is when you're Let's see if I can do it. Hold on. <clears throat> when you're doing a voice like this, oh gosh, it just it completely yeah. it just messes up everything. And I was like, maybe I shouldn't give them a monologue in the future. But you know, make them more uh, spaced out when they're speaking because yeah, that that sounded like it hurts, but it also sounded very imposing. So I'll give you oh, very much credit <laughs> on that. I was very surprised. Anyway, and this is just a real quick question. When I was doing my research over you, uh, when I typed in Peak Quinal because that's the initial place you go right uh mm -hmm. it said obituary so do you have any news on that <laughs> <laughs> to quote uh the hurricane what's up with that <laughs> oh god 
Um, so we spoke about this. I, this is weird that I'm going to be promoting something that's behind a paywall on this show, but on the, an episode of WrestleTalk After Dark, which is a show that we do on our Patreon page, um, we spoke about this recently where the only autocorrect suggestion for Pequenel is obituary, which is so insane because there's so many when you look at like even people that like haven't been on the screen as much as i have or are on like a smaller channel or whatever they get loads of suggestions you know you type in sullivan brown and it'll be like sullivan brown actor sullivan brown um no rosebard sullivan brown age whatever but the only thing for pete quinnell is obituary and i and the guy's name isn't even pete the obituary in question is for a guy named lars pete quinnell mm-hmm. it's fine <laughs> Did I open up an old wound? I'm very sorry. You did. <laughs> it's a funny story. I love it. I, I I need to start doing more paywalls for Wrestle Talk because I'm a semi ultra chatter, but that is it. Mm, yeah. Oh, it's there's some there's some great content on our Patreon. Why am I promoting the Patreon page? Because that's what you're here for. <laughs> exactly that. Yes. If we can get some more Patreon backers out of this, then tribalism is one of the most toxic aspects of not just wrestling but fandom as a whole. Objectively, though, do you believe that media outlets, be they Wrestle Talk, What Culture, or like Collider, even could they exist without that sort of baseline engagement? Like cynically speaking, is that sort of a necessary evil? I would hope not. I can understand how tribalism like that would encourage clicks and engagement and viewership and all that stuff. Um, like I understand that aspect to it, but I would really hope that if people weren't so tribalistic, they could just still watch things that they enjoyed watching and not, you know, crap on anything they don't like. Cause that that's the bit that gets me is it's fine. If you enjoy something, that's totally cool. Just don't crap on anyone else if they don't like it or they do like it just do you man that that's it so i i I would like to think that our you know our our base viewership and engagement and and clicks and all that stuff is not based off that instinct you know knee-jerk reaction and i would hope to think that, that that people watch us for good content more than anything i believe it's brian zane who says like what you like don't be a dick yeah, that's, that's a good it. way to live. What should the world know about Pete Quinnell that it doesn't already? God, what doesn't the world know about me? What should they know about me that they don't already? I have no answers for you. <laughs> Perf- that's perfectly I, fine. I, um, I'm fairly open with a lot of stuff. The thing is, I've got a load of stuff, but like a lot of people would know that if they if they know if they've seen a lot of my content, they would they they would know all these things about me. But don't they know? I can't think of anything. I'm really bad at interviews. I'm sorry. No, this is this this is gold. I'm perfectly <laughs> happy with what I'm getting here. And we're coming up on our last question. So lastly, what is the dumbest match you would pay money to see? I would pay money to see. Because my instinct goes to like Orange Cassidy. But that's mm-hmm. just actual fun, you know? Mm-hmm. It's stupid because it's comedy wrestling, but it's not like a really dumb match, you know? Well, maybe it is. I argue it's impressive with Orange Cassidy. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. How about I would pay to see Orange Cassidy versus Walter? Oh my God. <laughs> so I would love to see Orange Cassidy do his usual shtick and then Walter just kill him. I think that would be really good. I don't think, I don't think Orange's chest would make it out alive. <laughs> yeah. I would love to exactly. see that match. I won it yesterday. Yeah. But... Yeah. Pour his chest 
<laughs> uh, do you think Orange would do like a lazy chop on him? Oh, yeah, hundred percent, right? He'll 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 do like a double handed chop, but he'll do it very slowly. So the crowd go, oh, hey, and he just kind of like stroke the front of his chest. But and then, then he, and then water would d- annihilate him, and it would be great. That's 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 not stupid. That's awesome. <laughs> I know. That's why it's a bad answer. I, hmm. I can't think of a worse answer though. Mine is always Triple H and Stephanie versus Cody and Brandy. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Yeah, that would be a dumb match. Well, is there uh, anything else you'd like to plug to the people today? Uh, any other side projects that you're working on? Something that you don't necessarily get to speak about on air at Wrestle Talk or uh, Parts of Unknown? Um, not currently, honestly. Like, I, I have a a D and D YouTube channel called Warcaster, but I've not uploaded there in forever. So, you know, you can go check those out if you want, but they're just sitting there. Um, no, my main things right now. I if people are going to go check out one thing, I would really like people to go check out the Monday Night War series, which is the, uh, the WWE 2K22 My GM series on Parts of Unknown, um, because that's a bit a little bit of a passion project. It's something that I'm super duper enjoying watching, and I love the fact that people are enjoying the series because it is a bunch of fun to record. So go check that out because it is really really fun. And there's a couple of episodes coming soon that I think are going to be really good ones that people are going to like and remember i i do have to sincerely apologize on behalf of the game that they didn't tell you that they didn't care about tag team wrestling in that particular (laughs) mode it was annoying it was so annoying finding out that tag teams don't like they don't care about the actual dynamics of it Mm -hmm. but it's a fun mode i'm a big fan of the series though and again we appreciate you being here mr quinnell and i'm going to toss it over to you future kieran thanks past kieran This bit is probably going to die after this episode, but sincerely thank you to Pete Quinnell for stopping by and thank you for listening. If you haven't subscribed already to Pete's material, it'll be in the description below. Lastly, I'm Braden Walker, and I'm going to knock your brains out. (laughs) 